are facing a mental health crisis, and it's more important than ever to have access to the support we need. That's why I'm grateful for BetterHelp, the largest online counseling platform in the world. BetterHelp is changing the way people get help with life challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. With BetterHelp, professional counseling is available anytime, anywhere, from your smartphone, computer, or tablet. If you're looking for support, sign up today at BetterHelp.com. Use the promo code SOLVINGHEALTHCARE to get 10% off sign-up fees. That's BetterHelp.com, promo code SOLVINGHEALTHCARE. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadjo Karamante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Quarkcast Nation, welcome back to another week of tremendous content. We are being joined today by founder, registered dietitian at Nutrition Rx, Jennifer Broxterman. Jen is a tremendous human being. You guys are going to thoroughly enjoy this conversation. So, not only is she a nutrition coach, but she comes from an extensive athletic background, university. She was involved in rowing and hockey. She was a high-level CrossFit athlete in Canada. And what you guys are going to get from this conversation today is not only some of the tips to like to to eat better and what have you, but we talk about the value of of mindset and environment and how that will lead to success when it comes to transforming your life in terms of eating better. It can't just be the willpower. It just can't be all about the knowledge. Y'all, so many of you guys know about the knowledge, especially we cover a lot of this on the show. But yes, it's got to be more to that. It's got to be how we set up for success. How do we create the healthy habits? And so you, with this Jennifer, this conversation with Jennifer, you're going to fully appreciate this. But before jumping into the episode, I want to tell you about some of our sponsors, betterhelp.com backslash solving healthcare, betterhelp.com backslash solving healthcare. That's an online platform where you provide counseling, whether that's on your tablet, whether that's on your phone, whether that's on your laptop, the largest online counseling service with professionals. And this is what we need right now, folks. A lot of people that are suffering in crisis, it's not always easy to get two hours or three hours off work to be able to go see a counselor. 
But through BetterHelp, you get to see them on an online platform and they're available 24-7. Honestly, BetterHelp.com backslash Solving Healthcare gets you 10% off signing fees. Or if you go to BetterHelp.com, use a, use a promo code Solving Healthcare. also want to tell you about our reboot course, 28dayreboot.co. For those that are feeling stuck and want to be rejuvenated, find a way to overcome those last five or 10 pounds or just start on their health journey. It's one of the things that we're most proud of here on Solving Healthcare, our reboot course. Go to 28dayreboot.co and start transforming your life. All right, folks, let's just jump into it. Jump into our interview with the one and only Jennifer Broxterman. All right, Quadcast Nation. I got to tell you, we've been pretty jazzed up for Jen to come on this show. This has been a long time in the wait, in the waiting, but she is going to deliver. CEO of Nutrition RX, dietitian, sports nutritionist. She's going to demystify some of these issues when it comes to nutrition. But Jen, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I mean, there's very few people I, I feel like can match Caraman Tank's energy, but Jen's I, I feel it already in our little pre pre chat. She's uh, she's got a lot of good mojo. I'm just good mojo, so I'm uh, looking forward to this conversation. So, Jen, what? Actually, just out of the top, tell us about Nutrition RX. How did you uh, develop this company, and what do they deliver? What do you deliver to your clients? Yeah, so this started. Weirdly, as a dream of mine when I was a teenager. So if I rewind the tape a little bit, there was two really defining events that pulled me into this career. One is when I was 16 on Thanksgiving, my dad suffered a massive heart attack while playing hockey on the ice. And we basically got pulled to the hospital and told the blockages in the Widowmaker, go say goodbye to your dad. So I just had my driver's license. My mom was already at the hospital. I remember like getting my younger sister and brother in the car physically driving to the hospital being like, this is the last day I have my dad. And unlike a normal 16-year-old's brain, what my brain instantly did was, I think he's going to make it. And I know I can help him with the food part at home. It instantly was this light bulb moment of food is healing. And what's in my direct control as a 16-year-old is maybe I can help influence our food environment where the healthy choice becomes the easier choice. So I just got poured myself into learning about healthy eating, looking at food as medicine, obviously not in an orthorexic eating disorder way, but just looking at our relationship with food as a tool for self-care. And then at the same time, I was, you know, volunteering and working at a sports nutrition clinic or sports medicine clinic. And I was around a lot of doctors and physio and chiro and dietitians, knowing that I wanted to be a science nerd, a health, a healthcare professional where I got to help and I really wanted to have a big and powerful positive impact on the well-being of our society. And so getting this exposure in high school to job shadow all these different professionals, I thought I was going the doctor route, and I ended up doing a pivot and went the dietitian route. And I felt like the gifts I was given, we'll talk a little bit about my love language, which is talking in stories and metaphors, was like the perfect career for me. So my dad pulled through, I became a dietitian, and Nutrition Rx little did I know when I was 16 is I wanted to do preventative health care. I wanted to do wellness care. 
And so I'm so grateful to our frontline workers. I'm so grateful to what happens in our hospitals and doctor's offices. But I really wanted to be as upstream as I possibly could be in the health continuum. And I thought, what's more powerful than talking to people about their nutrition and their eating habits and their relationship with themselves? I get into mindset coaching and self-talk. And we get this one vehicle or this one vessel to live our lives in. And I want to help people take really good care of their bodies. So that's how NutritionRx came to be. Oh. And I was like sketching my little logo while I was a dietetic intern all in the hospital. Being like, oh, doodle, what, what, what logo would look good? Oh, it, it's just funny how intuitive some people are where they just, yeah. they have a moment. And even the, when you're, when you're describing that, you know, your dad's going to get through this despite being a obviously a scary event and then having that vision of how do I prevent this not only for my dad but for people moving forward it's right. so great and I gotta say I'm a bit late to the game when it came to the preventative side but it's so valuable when you think of the tools that you provide your clients prevents them from landing in a place like where where I work in the intensive care unit or acute right. care so important. Yeah. And we all play an important role. We're all just helping in different ways and at different stages of that continuum. So it's not to knock anyone that works in sort of that more acute setting, but my my love, my skill set, my calling was to do that preventative work. And I'm, I'm so lucky that's what I get to do. Like I pinch myself every day when I get up and go to work. And what attracted me to you too, Jen, was the idea that it's not just about what to eat, how to eat, what time to eat. There's right. the psychological aspect that, for whatever reason, doesn't really get as much attention. Right. I mean, if, if I go into storytelling, where I started to put the pieces together is it started with a scribble on like a post-it. So as I was nutrition counseling, obviously people know what they should be doing. And I'm using should in air quotes because should isn't actually a very helpful way to talk to people about behavior change. And actually, when I worked with clients, I'd always say, I know you have that information already up in your head. My job is to really help connect the dots between those good intentions and then what you're actually doing day to day in your behaviors, your routines, your environment. And so I started drawing this little iceberg and I call it now the iceberg of success. And it is front and center in the resource I give every new client. So let me walk you through the five layers and I'll try my best to paint a picture with my words for you guys that are listening. So I want you to picture a triangle with a teeny tiny point at the top labeled willpower. And when society thinks that they need to change their nutrition or they need to change their behavior, they're like, I just got to buckle down. I just have to have more willpower. And so they, you know, research or they, you know, try to go all in on a particular eating style and they hope that they're going to be able to white knuckle the car and drive their, their food choices where they want to go almost always it ends in a car crash. Like it just doesn't sustain. So I started to draw more layers to this iceberg little by little on the post-it. So the second layer of the iceberg is the layer of knowledge. And so I kind of call the top two layers diet culture because diet culture is, ta-da, here's the missing information you, you need. We have, all you have to do is intermittent fast in this way or eat this many grams of carb or go keto or try this. And then if you follow our diet rules with a lot of willpower, you're going to get, you know, the body and the health that you want. And that's what diet culture tries to sell the public. The failure rate of knowledge plus willpower is incredibly high. 
those two elements, although they're needed in like a small dash. So if it was a recipe, it'd be like a little sprinkle of spice, right? A little sprinkle of willpower, a little bit of the right knowledge is not enough to get the recipe fully cooked. So the three deep layers are where I spend my time coaching as a dietitian. So the next layer is a layer of our habits, followed by the layer of the environment, followed by the layer of our mindset. And the mindset is actually the biggest, deepest layer at the bottom. And so I have a little story or a metaphor that when I'm teaching this iceberg, it's like my glue that holds it together for my clients. So if you can, will you humor me and can I ask you some questions and see if this checks out? Oh yeah, I, I, lo- I love being all on right. the receiving end. Let's go, all right. let's go. Perfect. All right, so this is all about brushing your teeth. Did you brush your teeth last night? 100%. Yep, me too. Now, I'm gonna out myself. Has there been a night within the last 365 days where you were just exhausted and you flopped into bed and you didn't brush your teeth? I'm I'm being a hundred percent honest with you. Maybe this doesn't work with you, but I do never. I almost never brush. Okay. not brush my teeth. So I have a backup question. Okay. That, so most of you listeners come in the mere mortal pool. You're a special freak. Uh, have probably missed brushing our teeth at least once. Correct, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna ask you then about flossing. Have you missed flossing your teeth at least once? Yes, that, that okay, one I, gotcha. I definitely <laughs> missed out on. Okay, so let's say today, for some reason, you don't floss your teeth tonight. How would you handle that tomorrow morning? Walk me through your thought process. If say you miss brushing your teeth, I would, I would be like, man, I got two sisters that are dentists, so they, they I'm like, if they were, if they knew this, it would give me some doo doo. But you know what? Yeah, I'll be back at it. No big deal. I'm a human being. Exactly. Notice that the next soonest opportunity, you just get right back into the good habit. You don't go, oh, I blew it. Well, this reeks a write-off. I guess I'm not going to brush my teeth the rest of the day. You probably wouldn't like beat yourself up mentally and be like, I am the worst, worst, worst human being ever. So notice how there's no name calling. There's no insulting. But the soonest opportunity to just get back into the good, consistent habit, you're like, okay, fine. I'll brush my teeth tomorrow morning. Mm. Would you call your sisters who are dentists in a panic begging for an emergency cleaning like your whole day halted you have to get to the dentist absolutely not bit of an overreaction would you throw your toothbrush in the garbage and be like well screw it i guess this is no not worth it i'm done i really love where this is going but absolutely (laughs) not we're we're not throwing out anything right so notice what i'm emphasizing is look at how your mindset works with brushing your teeth you are consistent. You expect consistency from yourself. You don't wait for after a vacation or after holidays. You just sort of stick with it, but you're very quick to forgive. No big deal if you have a little misstep. But I want to point out the secret layer of the environment in this equation. So this is my next question. Kind of weird. If I was a toothbrush robber and I'm going to wage a $1 million bet that I can rob you of your toothbrush and toothpaste, I'm going to put my money that it is in the master bathroom, either right beside the sink or in a medicine cabinet. Am I winning a million dollars on that bet? Easily. Easily. So what you'll notice is that your bathroom has been set up to make the healthy choice the easy choice. Because your toothbrush is right there and your toothpaste is right beside it, and you're not making homemade toothpaste from scratch every single night, or there isn't a little elf in your house who every day moves your toothbrush to some secret hiding spot. And one day it's in the ice box of your freezer and the next day it's in your like gym shoes and the next day it's in the glove box of your vehicle. Could you imagine you're Mr. Consistent with brushing his teeth, but if you had to search for your toothbrush, do you think you'd have your consistent record? 
Not even close. Not even close. So the habit, which is brushing our teeth, is actually upheld by our environment and our mindset. And so for a lot of people, they do nutrition wrong. They go top down. They're like, I just have to have a lot of willpower or I just have to learn about the right way to eat. So they come at it with willpower and knowledge. Some people understand that they have to go a bit deeper and they're like, no, no, like it's about lifelong good habits. I understand that. But they stop at the level of the habits and then they're confused or disappointed with themselves. Huh, why aren't I as consistent with those healthy habits as I wanted? So as soon as I reveal to them that there's two more layers of support, there is our mindset, our self-identity, our self-talk, also then supported by the built environment that we put ourselves in. So that phrase of make the healthy choice the easy choice. Now when I'm a nutrition coach, I focus on a lot of the self-talk and the mindset with a really supportive environment so that the great options for our body are more grab and go. And then lo and behold, it's way easier to be consistent with those good habits. But if I just hope to have good habits because I'm trying really hard with willpower and I'm reading about it online, I'm not going to be that consistent. Isn't that like so fascinating to think about behavior change that way? I I really, I really love this because it's, if you think about how much information is being thrown at you about the knowledge piece or the attempt to just will it out, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's excessive. And then, right. But if you spent even a small percentage of that energy to think about how your mindset's going to approach these hiccups, because everyone's going to have hiccups. I always say self-compassion when it comes to behavioral change or for for creating change in your life. But for me, the environment piece, wow. Like I, people on the show, they might remember, like I, I, I like keeping my kettlebell right beside my bed so that, you know, when I wake up, I, even if I don't feel like it, it's right there. It's like an yes. environmental cue to like, yeah, we'll swing this morning. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the environmental piece of, and, and thinking about intentionally thinking about how can I create that environment in my home or, or, or in my life so I could succeed. That's honestly brilliant. Thank you. No, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's a huge paradigm shift. So when clients, what, like, what I feel a lot of similarities in the way that we're approaching it is that we've both taken shame and judgment and guilt out of the equation. And so if I may, I like to introduce two friends and one not so friendly person in the mindset conversation. And I call this exercise the three voices. So in our head, there's sort of three different dialogues or three different flavors that can be happening. There is the inner bully negative voice. There is the curious observer. I call that one the curious detective. And then we have our wise, or excuse me, our wise guide, not wise guy, our wise guide. So thankfully we have a two-on-one situation because the detective and the wise guide can gang up and sort of silence the bully. So in diet culture, the bully says things like, you're too fat, you're not doing a good enough job, you blew it, you screwed up today, and it's constantly pointing out mistakes. And unfortunately, when we, what we focus on is where our energy goes. So focusing on mistakes, focusing on slip-ups only makes us feel defeated and down, and it starts to create a case of you failing. And that's not what we want when it comes to behavior change. We want to actually turn our binoculars to all the places that we're voting for our healthiest self. So that's where I bring in our other two friends, the detective and the wise guide. 
So whenever I'm working with a client to problem solve a problematic behavior that or habit that they have, first we just start with the detective. And I say, okay, I want you to imagine you just walked in, you have no judgment whatsoever, but you just have a notepad and you're just writing down what you notice and observe. So I noticed that at 10 o'clock at night, I ate two rows of Oreos. Okay. I noticed that I was alone and, you know, my husband was on shift work and I was by myself. I noticed that that day I barely stopped for lunch and was run off my feet for 12 hours straight. I noticed that I'm feeling really stressed about blah, blah, blah deadline. So again, you're not assigning judgment. You're just noticing things in the environment. You're noticing patterns. You're noticing thoughts. You're noticing feelings. And then what we have is this notepad that we can give to one of two people. You can either give it to the bully who's just going to put you in a ring and beat you up over what the observations are. That doesn't go anywhere. Let's not choose that option. Or we can give it to the wise guide. And the wise guide's job is to go, okay, here's where you are. This is the reality. And I'm also going to hold in the front of my mind where I know you want to go. This happy, healthy version of you. And the guide wants to be really realistic. So it's like, can I help you build a little staircase between where you are now with these facts and clues to where you want to be? And all I'm going to help you do is just take that next one or two manageable action steps. Let's have you get some reps of success under your belt. And if you need to chill on a step for a little bit, that's fine. Holding ground is still a win. But as you feel more stamina, as you feel more competent, we're just going to continue up this staircase between your reality of where you are now and the health of where you'd like to see yourself go. But we'll take breaks as you need to. We'll go at your pace. We can enjoy the ride, enjoy the scenery. And so what's nice is because the judgment and the shame got stripped away, you're left broken and beaten if you give that information to the bully. And then you have no desire to continue up that positive mountain. But if you give it to your, your curious detective and your wise guide, they're just going to support you, but it's going to be this lifelong, reasonable pace of just that little bit better. Wow. So to me, that's the big part of the mindset. I really encourage. And just out of curiosity, Jen, like, like, is this something like the mindset aspect? Is it mostly like the largest part of what you're doing or is it the largest part of when you meet a new client? Like how, how big of a component is this? I would say it's probably the biggest mm. because when most clients come in, the work that they've done on their own is they've done the willpower, the information finding, and they've attempted to change some habits. So they're feeling frustrated because so many times that's what they've learned from online and they've attempted, like their, their intentions are good, but they're frustrated they keep falling short or disappointing themselves. And then they've never really pulled back the curtain of looking at it as, oh yeah, I guess there is a really big self-talk identity mindset piece. So I'll even point out phrases like, I deserve it. How many people have heard I deserve it in their head leads to ordering takeout, having that glass of wine, having chocolate, whatever it might be. I might say, be curious when you hear I deserve it. And maybe it's, I deserve a break. Like I've been working really hard. I just need to close down the laptop and give my eyes a break and go for a walk. Or I deserve to have a lot of energy and be fit and healthy because I've been working really hard. I deserve to age well and be pain-free. I deserve to feel comfortable in my own body, my own skin, my clothes. So I'll just point out little phrases that are slippery slopes, like, ah, I blew it. And we'll just explore that with curiosity. And so I do agree with you that I think the mindset is one of the biggest parts. 
but it's a place that a lot of people haven't ever really explored it, especially with a nutrition coach, because nutrition coaches tend to go right to meal plans, macros, calorie counting, food rules, good foods, bad foods. And that's all stuff they've tried before unsuccessfully. So I just approach it a different way. And sometimes when you approach it a different way, you get a different result. And this is what makes Jen stick out, right? Like, as you said, it's like, yeah, we could talk to you about the details, the knowledge piece, or we could find what is like the root cause often. Like the, yeah. really, what's the underlying reason why we're these habits are really uh, we're not getting anywhere from trying to create these healthy habits? That mindset, that self talk, it's 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 really insightful because I, you know, like I've when people come to me and talk to me, ask me like by no means I'm ain't no nutritionist, uh, you know, but like because of the platform, people ask you about right. you know, how to improve their health and. I very I spend very little time on that mindset component. I and the more I'm hearing you, the more I'm I'm re- recognizing that this could be a, a major component. Like I like I said, we always talk about being self compassion, right? In terms of like you're going to have hiccups along the way in terms of your plan and your and your, your execution. Yep. But but even taking a, a step further down the the row there, it it's a lot of that self talk is even whether you're even doing well or not. It's like, uh, you know, that, sorry, what was the, the bad guy, the bully? Yeah. The bully, the inner bully. Is, 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 can be around more frequently than we would like. So right. I think honestly, this is, this is, this is wonderful. And so what are some of the components in terms of how you create an environment from, from that perspective? Like what are some yeah. of the typical advice that you might give? Client. Love that question. So some of my go-to favorites, actually, before I get into that, yeah. I'll just uh, drop a little present for you and any of your listeners. So today of all days, I actually just released a totally free mini course yes. on nutrition, behavior change, and fun little metaphors for improving our behavior. So if you go to prospernutritioncoaching.com slash courses, I just put up this little mini course called Liftoff. And it's full of all of these little mindset and habit and environment tweaks you can do to just be that little bit healthier. And the course is modeled on five-minute wins. So if that's of any benefit maybe to the patients and clients that you treat or any of you listeners, um, the whole point is to make nutrition accessible five minutes or less. And there's a big mindset component. So it's it's my gift just for anyone that has even tuned in to listen today. Absolutely. Completely say, free. say it one more time. Prosper Nutrition. Prosper Nutrition Coaching dot com slash courses beautiful and i can send that to you so we put it in the show notes for anyone yes thank you for that thank you for that jen okay so here's actually one of my favorite environment wins i talk about what i call the drawer of death so what is our drawer of death it's the crisper drawer it's where good intentions and vegetables go to die how many of us grocery shop for our veggies we have the best of intentions to eat them We put them away in the crisper and some of them make it out, but some of them have this slow, sad, moldy, rotten death. I used to be guilty of that. (laughs) You? Oh, it's right now. It's uh, it's disgraceful. (laughs) Yes. So here's a five minute tweak. I learned about this concept in undergrad from one of my psychology professors, and we were learning about the psychology of behavior change with an idea called anchoring. 
So I'll give a non-food example and then a food example. Anchoring is when we have something that's glued into our routine and we attach something to that anchor. So if I wash my hair, the shampoo becomes the anchor for conditioner. So pretty much anytime I wash my hair with shampoo, it just is naturally followed up with conditioner. Those two will go together. Some people anchor their mornings, like they get up, they go to the kitchen and they make a cup of coffee. The coffee's anchored to going into the kitchen. So we all have things that are anchored, good, bad, neutral, that we maybe aren't even aware of. So grocery shopping was one place I wanted to try an anchoring experiment. I'm gonna guess that when you come home, similar to me, you come home with your groceries and then you start to put everything away. You wouldn't leave like chicken and yogurt on the counter and you're like, oh, in five hours, I'll come back to that. So most humans basically anchor putting their groceries away once they come home. So I thought about it and I thought, since I'm already in chore mode, what if I anchor chopping up my vegetables and making a weekly veggie bucket as the very last component to grocery shopping? So I have the intentions, the willpower is a bit higher in this moment. I've just come home with fresh groceries. And what if I add five more minutes where everything goes away in the fridge and freezer except my vegetables? And then I just lay out a tea towel, wash them all up. I have this big glass container that's always available. I have two, so I never run out. And then I just cut, you know, my cucumber, wash my bell peppers, put in some cherry tomatoes, chop up some carrots, you know, just put in a mix of things, change it up week to week. And now if I want to make a stir fry for dinner, I can pull the veggie bucket out of the fridge, chop, chop, chop. Even as an example of maybe a less than ideal choice, we just had my niece and nephew over for a surprise visit. They were driving through town, called us 10 minutes out and said, can we pop over? Um, We'd love to order pizza and just come see you. Okay, I guess they're coming over with pizza, but what did I do? I pulled that veggie bucket out of the fridge that went front and center on our kitchen table, and then everyone could fill half a plate with our raw veggies from the veggie bucket because the environment, toothbrush, toothpaste, the healthy choice was the easy choice. So that's one of my favorite environment setup examples. If we go a little deeper, we actually have, we want to protect what's important to us. So the freezer is another really good example. Now, I used to have a very typical freezer, right? You'd find some ice cream, maybe some frozen pizzas, some frozen fruit, veggies. But we reserved the bottom left corner drawer of our freezer that is only for home-cooked leftovers from dinners. So we bought about 20 of these three-cup glass Pyrex dishes. And then anytime that we make a little bit extra of a nutritious meal, we always just put a lunch-sized, dinner-sized portion away And that bottom left corner is off limits from anything else in our freezer. So no ice cream can go in there, no frozen pizzas. That is just for homemade meals. So if I'm running out the door and I haven't yet packed a lunch for the day, I know that I can always open my freezer and the bottom left corner, there will be a healthy meal that I made waiting for me. So it's just little things like that, right? Where you're just intentionally like your kettlebell beside your bed. You're looking at your environment through an architect's eyes and you just, it's a fun game if you do it with curiosity. You look around and you go, how can I make this step just a little bit, you know, up the mountain towards my overall goal? And you almost gamify it. Like, how do I make it just a little bit easier to eat vegetables? Just a little bit easier to get that protein into me. Just a little bit easier to drink more water. Just a little bit easier to be more active. And you just try experiments until you find the stuff that glues into your lifestyle. I don't know. Can you think of any examples in your own world where you might not even realize you're doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love it. 
first of all, the examples in our house would be environmental wise, not necessarily uh, anchoring is that just don't buy hundred percent no junk in the in the house. Like yeah. there is cause like, you know, there'll be a birthday party or whatever, but we, if it is in the house, it's in the back, back, back corner of something. Do you know what I'm right. saying? The other one that I, I do often is I put my cottage cheese right in the front of the, the fridge. So then mm-hmm. if I'm jonesing for something to eat, this is, this is a, I call it Karamantang hack, cottage cheese hack. <laughs> I just have like a cup of cottage cheese and, and you're good. And I'm good. Or the meal that I'm about to have, like if I'm about to have pizza as your, as your family came by, instead of have, demolishing eight pieces, I might have four. Do you know what I mean? Like because I yep. filled up with cottage cheese. So, yeah, I I think that is a very important component of 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 creating the healthy environment is 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 creating that healthy environment. Like uh, really thinking about uh you know, avoiding temptation in that way. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you can even medically think of so many examples. If you think about an emergency room, they have those carts that gauze is here, bandages are there, like everything you need, because in an emergency, you need it to be at hand, quick to go. Hangry people need healthy food, quick and ready to go. Because when you are hungry and hangry and hankering to eat something, it has to be as quick and convenient. Because otherwise, those less than ideal, less healthy choices have been made to be so convenient. And that for many busy, overwhelmed, exhausted professionals, it's not that they don't have the knowledge. It's not that they don't know. It's just that was what was most convenient. So to give healthy food a shot, we have to make it as convenient to be able to compete. So my other thing I do, this might be a little bit dorky, but I do snack bucket appointments. So just like you would reserve a haircut or an oil change, I actually book in my calendar about every four to six weeks, a 30 minute appointment that's labeled snack bucket. And so what I do is I just go to the grocery store, I buy a whole bunch of stuff for nutritious snacks, and then I just turn on a TV show and I sit there and I have a big overall like bucket that I go put like little nut and seed containers. You know, I just get little grab and go portions ready to go of more nutritious things. And then I just keep one of those at work and one of them at home. So each month I replenish my snack bucket at the office and I've got a snack bucket at home. So the healthy choice, the easy choice is always at reach no matter where I spend my time. So brilliant. Yeah. My version of that is I'll leave a nutritious protein bar or protein powder at work so that uh, I don't have to go and, you know, go and get those donuts or whatever. But yeah, I really appreciate that, uh, Jen. Great advice. Um, I I would be remiss not to ask you about your your cancer diagnosis and how that's that impacted your uh, your your view of nutrition. I mean, your view of life in general. But can you walk us through? what that experience was like and and how transformative that may have been? Absolutely. So I'm in my late 30s right now. A week after I turned 34, I got the worst news, the worst phone call you could ever get, which was that my biopsy came back and was positive for cancer. Now, backtrack five years and things had been weird for a while, but the downside of being such a healthy individual, like I was a 
Canadian level CrossFitter. I was a dual varsity athlete in hockey and rowing. I ate well. I was active every day. I was super strong. I was lean and fit, but I was having some female hormone and, you know, reproductive issues. And essentially I kept trying to dig to the root cause, but nothing overly came up as being wrong or they're like, but you're in the normal range. You're really healthy. It almost started to feel like a hypochondriac or psychosomatic. But I pushed through when I started to get really sick digestively. And I was like, I don't know if I have Crohn's disease. I mean, I'm starting to mimic the symptoms of of a condition like that. And finally advocated to get a colonoscopy. And then at that stage, the tumor of, I have ovarian cancer and the ovarian tumor had fully grown into my sigmoid colon and was starting to block my large intestine, which was why my digestive system was so upset with food. So everything kind of unraveled really quickly. One thing that was a little bit unfortunate is that when I was 29, I did have information indicating that the cancer had started, but it got missed by the gynecologist and my family doctor. So I had an abnormal pap. I went and did all the further testing you're supposed to do. And sadly, no one read the report. And it said negative for cervical cancer, abnormal um, cells detected, further testing is needed to rule out ovarian or uterine cancer. So those warning signs were there. I had taken action as asked. The best, the thing I'm really proud about myself of how I handled that is is a, a couple fold. One, once I found the news and I knew it was very serious, I knew I had a really aggressive, actually had two ovarian cancers at once. So I had low grade serous ovarian cancer and high grade serous ovarian cancer. And the, st- the stats at the time is that I had about an 8% chance of making it to five years. This December is going to be my five-year anniversary, and I'm very happy to uh, announce that I am alive and well and in radical remission. But when I got the news, the first thing I did is I went to my mindset, and I said, I'm going to control what I can control, and I'm going to let go of the parts I can't control. I can't control my survivability of this, but I can eat really well. I can stay calm. I can feel my feelings. I can go to therapy. I can come in as prepared as possible with all my appointments. I can learn about this. I used to be a cancer researcher up at uh, Queen's University at the National Cancer Institute of Canada. Like I've got skills I can lean into. And then I picked a word. I picked one word for how I wanted to show up. My word was unstoppable. And then the night before surgery, I did an exercise I do with my nutrition clients. I drew a teacup. And what the teacup exercise is, is it talks about if you go through life and life jostles you, what's going to come out of your cup? You know, if you put coffee in the cup, coffee's going to come out. If you put tea in your cup, tea's going to come out. So whatever you put in that cup is what's going to come out of you. I knew I was going to be jostled. So when this cancer diagnosis jostled me, how did I want to show up through this experience? And I think I wrote down brave, inspiring, positive, hardworking full of love, you know, courageous and unstoppable was my overall big word. So I didn't know what was to come. I mean, I went into surgery. I lost my uterus, my ovaries, my appendix, my ileocecal valve, my sigmoid colon, a third of my bladder, like a lot, a lot of tissue got taken out. Then my femoral nerve got crushed in surgery. So I woke up with my right leg paralyzed at the time. Now it's, it's come back and the nerve does work. I completely had to teach myself how to walk again. I completely had to teach myself how to go to the bathroom. Um, I had a scar from like my pubic bone to my, you know, top of my diaphragm, essentially. 
I think I woke up with like 32 staples in my stomach. It was traumatic, but I was unstoppable. And I just took it a day at a time. Um, even with the, the doctor and the, the, um, the gynecologist that missed it, I was like, there's no reason for me to hold hate or anger. Your, your, your license isn't at risk. I just went to them and I said, can you please use me as a learning case? I was someone that was young and athletic and didn't fit, fit the profile of a cancer patient. But I bet I'll be a sticky case in your memory. I'm good. I'm going to be okay. I appreciate your continued care. Please just learn from me. I'm sure I've made mistakes in my career or oversights. Um, this was an oversight, but you know we're all going to grow from this together. And I, you know, practiced deep forgiveness because I thought harboring that anger was just going to hurt me. It wasn't going to actually help me get better. And then I went super nerd mode and I read everything in PubMed I could find on my cancer. And odd, but this is in line with like the weird way I like to research, is I actually emailed the uh, principal investigators of some of the studies. And they, I don't think they ever hear from patients, but I was like, hi, I'm Jennifer Brocksterman. I'm an ovarian cancer survivor. I have this particular kinds of, kinds of cancer that you've researched. May I pay you a consulting fee to get you on the phone for 30 minutes, an hour? And can you download into my brain? as much as you understand about ovarian cancer. And they're like, one, you can't pay me. Yes, I'll just do this because no one ever asks us this. This is a little strange, but wonderful. And so I ended up connecting with a researcher at Western University who happens to be in London, Ontario. I just popped into his lab, sat with him for three hours. He taught me so much about ovarian cancer. And I just was like, again, what skills do I have? I'm smart. I know how to read literature. I'm determined. I'm unstoppable. I've always been a good eater. They think I did as well as I did for how long I had cancer undetected because my nutrition and my lifestyle and my mindset was slowly keeping it, you know, slow growing. And then as I dug into it, I just have a super strong genetic family history of this. It wasn't talked about in my family. So I learned after the fact I had a number of female relatives who died of ovarian cancer. But I was always told as a child, they just died of female problems. Like my family wouldn't talk about it. They weren't open. So I chose to be very open and talk about ovarian cancer because maybe it could save someone else's life or they could catch the symptoms a little bit earlier. So that's my cancer story in a bit of a nutshell. It's still unbelievable if I think about it. So number one, uh, I'm really sorry that you had to go through all that. and. I'm also cognizant of the time because I know you, you have a hard stop. So I'll, I'll, I'll close this out. But, um, and I, I'm really glad that you are, the, I'm, I'm glad who you, you are who you are. Unstoppable. <laughs> Unstoppable. That's going to be the anthem here, folks, for a while here. I, I, I was getting beclamped hearing this story. But this is what un, being unstoppable is all about how you eat, staying strong, the mindset that Jen was throwing down, live, going a day at a time, controlling what she could control, gaining the knowledge that she felt like was going to be helpful for, to her, and deciding how she's going to show up. Literally deciding yeah. how she's going to show up and, and showing up in that fashion. And I could promise you she's here today because of all those factors. And Jen, I, I know we're up on the, on the hour, but Honestly, you've been an absolute inspiration. 
you've taught me a ton. You've inspired me from not only from a, a nutrition perspective, but I want to show up in a certain way. I want to be unstoppable. I want to, uh, you know, talk about people's mindset and, and, and get them into a good headspace so that they could succeed. Like what you just went us, put us through or just illustrated is a mindset for life, not just nutrition, Thanks. but a mindset for life folks. So Jennifer, I just really appreciate you coming on the show and you're going to have to come back. I absolutely will. My pleasure. And one of the things I just want to give away to all of you listeners, I'm just so honored to still be here is because I was so worried I was going to die from cancer for a period of time. I just started to document my thought process, some of my metaphors and mindsets and coaching analogies, and I've just been giving them away for free. So if you want to go into a little mini course on it's, it's nutrition, it's mindset, it's environment design, all of what we've been chatting about is packaged really nicely. There is no cost to it. I just want this information to get out there to the public, whoever could benefit from it. So if you want to go to prospernutritioncoaching.com slash courses, my liftoff course is all about the mindset of healthy eating. So it's yours completely free if you'd like a copy. Beautiful. Thank you for the gift. And how do people get a hold of you, Jennifer? So I'm on Instagram at prosper underscore NC. My email is info at prospernc.com. And yeah, the website's prospernc.com. Any of those will find their way back to me. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. And this was an absolute joy, Jen. Thanks so much. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that amazing conversation with Jennifer Brockstroman. Make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Threads at Quadcast. That's K-W-A-D-C-A-S-T. Sign up for our newsletter at quadcast.substack.com or just go to drquadro.ca or solventhealthcare.ca. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, BetterHelp online counseling platform that's reliable efficient available on any platform that's betterhelp.com backslash solving healthcare to get 10 percent off also check out our new 28 day reboot course that's 28 day reboot.co transform your life kickstart your health and wellness journey thank you so much for listening we're going to connect again real soon peace